Morning, Mr. Burton. Good afternoon, Mr. Sheckman. Um, I apologise for the delay in this, uh, this 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 broadcast, but um, there was a bit of a disaster this morning. Um, what a mess that drone made. Um, so I don't know what it is you sent, but um, I've uh, I had to pick up the bits and pieces. And then I really didn't appreciate the. Uh, I mean, I know um, things happened this morning, but um, three baseball athletes. Um, with baseball bats, with with blingy baseball bat earrings that, you know, one of them poked me on the knee, one of them tapped me in the ribs, and one of them tapped me somewhere. If I say it, you'll have to bleep it. Um, <laughs> is it is it toast chips this morning? No. Is it toast sticks? <laughs> no. What else did you get? Ah, okay. Well, there's a baseball cap full of toasty twigs then. Um, there's one eyeball, which uh, when I did open it up was was full of uh, very delicious um, strawberry jam. Yeah. Um, Bert, Bert's, not, Bert's quite irate with you. Um, and he wasn't happy. He, he managed to control himself enough to, to write it down. He handed me the letter and said, I'm going to read it to you. Um, to Michael Frederick Boer, you have unscrupulously knocked my previous creations. In doing so, you have demonstrated a complete lack of appreciation for a sport I hold dear to my heart. Further to this, I have been made aware of an entirely inappropriate joke about my homemade butter. It was my mother's recipe, one passed down from generation to generation through combat to the death, something I am proud to have earned and am one less brother because of. So heed this now as a warning to watch that tongue and be more respectful. Okay, there are more threats that follow this, but I think you get the general idea. Um, I, I do. I'm, I'm just going to say, so like, so what, Bert? Bring it. Um, I, I don't get the link here. Is this baseball bat toast? Um, I'm, I'm guessing not. Uh, it's the uh, you batter sleep with one eye open special. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded better in my head, but anyway, <laughs> that's what you get it. for free jokes. I keep reading it as you butter sleep originally, but yeah, cool. All right, um, what I learned was well, sorry, toasting design shop check on my work, um, and what I was re- saw this week, I thought it was an interesting sort of idea. When looking at fairies and fairy designs, one of the more common idea or sort of styles or designs you get these days is where you have ramps on both ends. So the ramp on the one end drops down, the cars drive in, you drive to the other side of the river or the waterway that you're crossing, yeah. and then you just drop down the cars and just keep drive straight forward. They don't need to turn the cars around or anything like that to yeah. drive off the, the same entrance. Uh, an alternative to that, um, and it was used quite a while back and is no longer in use because, well, you can just do the, the sort of on-off thing, is a turnstile ferry. So you drive on. What happens then is they then rotate the platform on which the cars are sitting um, 180 degrees. And so that when you then park, the cars are facing the right direction. Yeah. Of course, it's completely impractical because the mechanisms and stuff wear out and so on and so forth. But in Scotland, there's a uh, particular application for this. I, they don't technically need it. They, they've built bridges and things like that, but the local community wants to keep it going. But it's an interesting sort of application where what happens is, is that the water current or the waterway they're crossing is extremely strong. Yeah. Such that, I mean, most of the time when the ferry's crossing, it's not even facing um, 
the, the direction it's traveling. Yeah. What you then do is if you then to just stop on your pier, your sort of waterway or whatever it is, the cars get on and off and you just park at the front, the water is strong enough that it would rotate your boat um, or your, your ferry so that you, you never actually aligned with it and it's a nightmare for getting cars on at all. Yeah. The solution is you park next to the waterway, but now your cars aren't able to drive on and off. And here comes the turnstile ferry where you then rotate it to aim at the causeway or your your, they've got a slipway actually um, and then you drive on and off but it's an interesting look at an idea that had become out of date that is yeah. no longer in use but in this specific application is actually quite useful okay there, there is the, the the overall kind of solution where you basically say okay let's just build a bridge fair enough and possibly the better solution but nevertheless it's a, it's a good reminder as a thing of don't forget the old designs they have an application at times. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the interesting things to think about is, um, you know, when Murphy's Law, when you drive up to, uh, <laughs> I mean, in South Africa, the idea of crossing a river by ferry to get to school is not something which happens down here. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Europe, it's commonplace. Many people have yeah. to cross at least one river somehow to go from one, one way to even short distance across Europe. Um, so here's the thing. Murphy's Law is when you pitch up to ride the ferry, there will be no other boat traffic on that canal or, or river. So you think, hmm. It's just us, and you know yeah. that's obviously why the ferry's there. And then you'll think, why don't they just build a bridge? That would just be so much easier. If you were to sit and have a picnic next to that canal, and then you see the barges and the yachts and the mm-hmm. floating cranes and things that make their way across the waterways of very busy places, you then think, so what was the tallest thing that came past in the last day or the last week or once a year? And then how's your bridge going to cope with that? And then, (laughs) you know, and that's instantly why in in, in some cases you just wouldn't, you wouldn't bother. And it's maybe that's something we'll we'll get into a little bit later is that thing that you just don't think about, but uh, sometimes it's worthwhile just uh, imagining a bit. Indeed. Are you going to set the scene for us for today, for today's main topic? I think so. I mean, Mr. Sheckman, I mean, you know, these baseball bat thugs that you sent around gave gave me some ideas. But we're into lockdown. You know, we've done a full a full year of it um, with with no real end in sight. And um, well, let's put it this way. Everyone has gotten used to doing things in, in a certain way. Um, but maybe it's time to sort of liven things up a little bit. So um, why don't we set the scene as, uh, well, exams are, are done um, in, in terms of our future prediction when this will yes, go out. Yes. Exams are all over. <laughs> Weren't they wonderful? What fun. Um, oh, now we're into the holidays. Yeah, we, we're trying to keep our brains alive. We're trying to keep uh, off the streets, as they say. Um, why don't we try and come up with something that a, a bunch of, uh, I don't know, neighborhood um uh, people of, of a similar sort of age group or, or study studying the same thing or whatever it happens to be, let's say your circle of friends could do, which is something you've never done before. It's um, something similar to what they might do in Myth Mythbusters or the Grand okay. Tour or something like that, but obviously to a budget given uh, some constraints we can invent on the spot. And let's see what is the most fun thing that we can come up with to do. Oh. All right, sounds good. All right, so I'm assuming we've got enough space for this to be in a uh, like a cul-de-sac or something where there's a, a road or something where minimal traffic where we can maybe set something like this up for the well, morning. Well, like the concept one, a non-busy road somewhere near us. Yes, some other suggestions could be, I mean, if you think about it, um, 
parking lots are not really as busy as they as they used to be. Yeah. So you could go and do something sort of in yeah. an outdoor space. There's obviously things like parks. Mm. Yeah, park. and then and, and then obviously yeah, and then there's sort of home home slash um, garden type thing. Yeah. Okay, so we've got us uh, a bunch of locations which. Um, mm. They could apply to 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 anyone. Um, what sort of uh, fun things could we do in them, though? Well, I'm just trying to think. I mean, in terms of engineers, we, we don't want to, especially in undergrads, probably don't want to be directly thinking about applying the principles from 3010 or uh, 2025 or something like that. Um, the course. That's right. Taking your copy of Hibbler to the park <laughs> to try and have fun. Um, no, I, I, I think the baseball bat's gone up. Okay, right, right. A little bit of uh, bending mixed with sheer um, and impact. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you, you obviously don't want to make it related directly to to studying, but let's put it this way: you chose to study engineering, therefore you're basically interested in that stuff all the time. Hmm. Maybe not um, down to remembering all the equations, but uh, the sort, yeah, sure. sort of basics are there. Um, well, I mean, the world simulation that it is, it tends to take care of most of the the, the, the physics for you. Um, yes. I, so I think maybe sort of like a, a I mean, a, a sport type thing would be locked up in terms of not doing any activities, sitting behind your desk every day studying in theory anyway. Um, so, yeah, let, let's see. What about so, that? So sports slash competition. Yeah, so something of that sort. Um, maybe sort of either a sort of, uh, what do you call it, uh, working together sort of thing or a uh, com competing against one another. So either teams or sort of one-on-one -on -one or, you know, PVP sort of thing. So, okay, yeah. Teams, teams there, are, there are the two basic types of splits in a team. There's the team where you mm -hmm. have like different layers, like a relay, um, mm -hmm. where the team does not compete at one time. Um, there's some stagger versus, uh, let's say, basketball where everyone is involved simultaneously mm -hmm. and then obviously there's the head-to-head -head individual type um olympic games type thing i think the other thing is, is as engineers we tend to overcomplicate things it's we overcomplicate games so it's a case of thinking of maybe and i'm thinking let's stick to park because that tends to inspire maybe more ideas than say the driveway or the local yes road. right um but Maybe something like ultimate frisbee or something like that. How do you take ultimate frisbee up to level twelve? Right. Okay. So let's throw in a let's let's do what we we shouldn't ever do, but mm -hmm. let's just prove that you can do it. Let's throw in yeah. a couple of individual concepts um, right at mm -hmm. the start, but we, we're not going to mm -hmm. call them full concepts because they're not integrated no. yet. So yeah. Uh, yeah, the idea of a throwing thing that flies. Um, Frisbee's I was thinking like a shoulder launch frisbee sort of thing. So it's it's a basically you throw it over your shoulder and that launches the frisbee. So there's no arm movement or skill in that regard, but it's then maybe more in the the catching and stuff. So you have a catching team and you have a team that then has to launch. So almost like a mortar team. Ah, so frisbee plus contraption. Okay, fine. Um, okay, so this then doesn't sound like the rules of ultimate frisbee. We're now playing ultimate frisbee <laughs> mixed with say or one. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Uh, or maybe maybe more sort of a um, a dodgeball sort of thing, a dodgeball with frisbees, sort of high speed frisbees flying. Off. And then is the frisbee supposed to get get through or or destroy stuff, or are you supposed to catch it? Yeah, I think if if they, yeah, I think I mean maybe it's a case of dodgeball keep to dodgeball rules. If the frisbee hits you, you're out. 
Uh, you've got one launcher team. If it takes out your launcher and someone else to take the launcher and stuff, and basically you work out until until you're done. Um, but you can catch it and stuff. So if you catch the frisbee, then then there's no points. Uh, keep going and so on and so forth until you get the other team out. Okay, so let's just run through. I, I like this idea. Let's talk about contraptions. So um, mm -hmm. as, as I see it, yes, you need something which can launch a, a, a Frisbee. Um, there, there are a few problems with humans playing Frisbees and that there's a, a, a difference in sort of skill level. Um, mm -hmm. you, you having been be, and, and played Ultimate Frisbee, I'm, yes. I'm sure you did back in the day when, when we mm -hmm. used to do it with uh, students and postgrads. Um, yeah. Yeah, each, each you know you get humans that are very good at throwing frisbees, and then you get humans that will learn how to throw frisbees very good. But there's <laughs> yeah. definitely a skill level in it in terms of how you flick it and swing it. So you want to take that sort of out of it, right? Yeah, no, exactly. The, okay. the, the throwing aspect is it because it, it levels the playing field because now it's an aiming aspect. Wonderful. That's what I was hoping you to say. So the contraption levels the playing field, so it makes it that an idiot can launch one of these things. There's another issue, though. If this thing's coming towards us, and let's say there are three of us, there's uh, my lazy as hell overweight mate who literally well, the, the exercise per day is to lift up beer mugs. Um, the chances of hitting him are bloody good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how do we level the, the, the getting hit less um, with something similar to making it launch um, consistently? How do you make it that it's equally difficult or equally hard to hit um, the the other person? Ooh. I don't know. I think you've got an idea in mind. Do you want to share? I, I, I don't, but I've got I've got okay. inspiration for it. So it's like the big difference mm. between, let's say, netball and and basketball and, and even ultimate frisbee. So for example, um, netball and ultimate frisbee are similar in that when you have the frisbee, you may not move. Once you okay. have it, ah, you're stopped. Okay. I see what you're getting. Okay. With basketball, sure. you've got to bounce it while you move. You can't run and hold it like you do with rugby. Yeah? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So now, does that sort of level the playing field that maybe you can only use your arms when you're launching, but you cannot use your arms to defend while, you know, you introduce a simple rule as opposed to some contraption exoskeleton that if the frisbee's not in your hands, you're in a straitjacket. And able to well, be hit. I mean, yeah, I, I think for keeping this down to a, a cost-friendly situation, it's use the honor system. You know, right? use the honor system. So we need some rules. Yeah, yeah. The rules. Okay, so we need some rules for the getting hit part. Okay, I'm I'm happy with that. And and could that be that? Um, I mean, how? Yeah, I mean, we could do that where you'd have to face the other way, um, so that you could get hit fairly. A bit like, let's yeah. say, invoking some rules like 10-pin bowling. I mean, you, you could even have it that you have obstacles in the way and you, you've got to curve the shots and, and, you know, things like that to try and get around. What if, what if we did invoke the Frisbee idea, but with the rules of 10-pin bowling? Okay. That, 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 that the team being hit um, turns around uh, like Skittles. <laughs> Well, it lines up and you, you've got to see how many you can hit in one go. Yeah. Mm, you know, in, in terms of making the hit thing um, a, a sort of more of an honor system. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then drop out and, and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that could potentially work. It's I mean, not I, wonderfully I, exciting. We need to work on that. But let's go back to this contraption idea. Yes, yeah. What, yeah. Have, you, what have you got? So... I'm just thinking. I'm more thinking, more concerned in terms of 
in maintaining costs and stuff like that. The, the ways of, of launching a Frisbee, I think that wouldn't be, there'd be plenty of mechanisms. It would come down to power, um, battery and stuff like that. But you don't, I mean, there's no plug necessarily you know, nearby. You don't want to have to send your 30 meter, 40 meter extension cable into the friend's house in order to plug it in and, and power the thing up, um, especially if someone's on the other side of the field. Um, so it'd be limited down to more, what, what is it, the best way of generating a bit of power? I mean, you can go pressure. So you pump up a cylinder or use one of those, um, use a cylinder from like a paintball gun as a pressure system and then use that to generate, I don't know if that, I mean. Yeah, so let's, yeah, uh, let, let's, let's keep working with that idea, but let's just knock mm -hmm. it down to something simpler. So now I'm, I'm thinking yeah, okay. of uh, springs and stored energy, but I'm not thinking of uh, yeah, metal springs. Right. I'm thinking of like that, um, that latex strip tape, which you use for physiotherapy and stretching and crap like that. Mm, yeah. C could you make something where literally this thing's done with an El Cheapo harness, like a backpack, and yeah. when you when you wind your arm up to throw it, you basically stretch the rubber band thing so that when you do throw it, your arm gets a bit of help to do it. Would, would that work? That would work. As an alternative, you'd have it where it's a um, uh, like a coil spring sort of situation. Your friend behind you then has to wind your backpack up. Um, in order to then generate a shot. So there's a, a teamwork like a element team sport, to it. It's like human catapult. Yeah, effectively. So you've got to wind this thing up. Um, I wouldn't say that then wind your arm backwards because I can see that's basically just over-rotating your arm. So it's just Yes, a, the whole okay. lot of you end up at, at, at a clinic um, <laughs> having having walked their arms in slings. I mean, if, if ever there was a, a, a great um, sort of um, guys, guys out having fun story, we simultaneously all broke our arms, moms. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you could even have it like a, a crossbow situation. The the trick would be generating the spin as it launches and fires down the rail. But I don't think that you can decouple those though. You could spin the thing up separately, um, mm -hmm. and 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 then launch it in a horizontal thing. So yeah, the crossbow thing could work. You yeah, could also do it by if you just accelerated the frisbee where the one edge ran up against a, a, you know, a, a strip of something as you pushed it. And if it was free to rotate, it would then spin as you moved it forward. So you could either I spin mean, it up beforehand or else mm -hmm. you could spin it and move it simultaneously. I guess it's, it's the yeah, same yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. idea. I mean, the alternative to all this is attempting to put a, I mean, expense now goes up, but the, a gyro type system inside the Frisbee. So you throw it like a normal Frisbee, but then you can control it in mid-flight. Right. So what if we were to chicken out of the Frisbee thing and think this is not okay. gotten horribly complicated and we're going to have to build stuff and buy stuff. But it just so happens okay. that maybe two of your mates have both got little drones. What could we do with that as a sport? Obviously, the drone is preserved, but the drone becomes oh, okay. the, team, the team thing that then launches stuff at the other team. Uh, I mean... Uh, it's a case of, I mean, I'm almost thinking like a sort of a, a touch rugby situation. So you have a, a, a quick release thing underneath your drone so that any, like a, a string or a ribbon or something like that that hangs underneath it. And if you tug on it, it'll, it'll just quick release. Drone doesn't basically experience any extra drop and load or anything of the sort or any downward force um, hung under center of gravity. And it's a case of you need to race your drone from this side of the field to the other side, and the other team has to grab that. And you've got to maintain altitude and stuff like that. Um, 
and the other team then has to grab that string. So it's basically a case of it's almost like a a one v five situation. Right, I'm liking that. So like it's an ultimate frisbee, but the the, the you, you you're trying to catch not the drone, but the thing that's hanging on the drone. Yeah, exactly. Okay, fantastic. This is a you know a bit like a, out of a fantasy movie where you know the the the, <laughs> the the kid on the balloon starts to fly and everyone runs after them trying to catch them. Effectively, but no, yeah, kind of like that because I think if you don't get the people moving, there isn't that element of fun and you know people getting a little bit tired and stuff yeah, like that. A bit of ex- around, like a little bit of exercise is always a good thing. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And it, if you you happen to be the big guy, then you you you're just standing in front of that joint like come at me. <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. you can, I mean, if you're the big guy, you can have the light guy up on your shoulders, so you even well, taller yeah, exactly. to, to get yeah. to the yeah. to the thing. Okay, yeah. so let's let's go back to the idea of the park. What in mm. the park can make this a bit more fun than just chasing a, a drone carrying an object in an open field? I mean, I, I'm thinking obstacles, water, but I mean, you'd have to have something that's a consistent feature in most parks. I mean, yeah, so it's so most uh, high jungle gym. All right, so let's 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 do this because both of us have unfortunately grown up, but that <laughs> stopped the inner children from bringing oh, out no. the hooligan every now and again. <laughs> now we all know what a slide was designed for, Mister Shekman, don't we? Ah, uh, yes, yeah, for the most part. And a certain thing happens when you reach a certain age, where all of a sudden the challenge in going down it is no longer fun, as opposed to trying to run up it, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what happens, but there is a certain age where below that you don't think of it, and then after that it's like that's the only thing to do on a slide. It's the same as an escalator. You know what it's meant for. You reach a certain age, it's like let's see how fast I can go the wrong way. Huh. Oh, yeah, I think now it's a case of the drone starts at the top of the slide, and you've got like a 30-second time to, to get the ribbon before it moves. And so the drone's going to move bloody quickly. If you don't get it at that point, it, it's a mad dash to get that thing before it then crosses the line. Right, you, you're you onto it. Slide. Right, you're onto it. Because there it's a case of each team can nominate their best, their best person yeah. to do this. Um, and instantly you've got yourself a fun kind of competition because there's tons of stuff in the, um, you know, like trying to climb up a fireman's pole. It's possible. Yeah, and and it's yeah. it's certainly fun to watch. And if yeah, the incentive was that the drone was literally just out of arm's reach, so you you didn't have to even a, a like a properly unfit person would stand a chance to do it because you only literally need to get like a meter up this fireman's pole. So you need to like jump and clamber, and then you might be able to like reach out and stretch. But the point is, you're not going to fall off and break your neck doing that. Nah, nah, nah. Well, I mean, it depends how big the slide is. I think I think the other thing is that it's sort of important, and I think it's important for us as engineers, is an element of strategy in things, where it's keeping the, the mind alive. Not I mean, exercise is important for health and things like that, but that that strategy element is also something that actually comes in quite useful. So if it's a case of you know, so it's a strategy like right, we're not going to bother trying to go for it on top of the slide. We don't have a team that's good enough for that. So let's not waste our guys potentially hurting themselves or um, you know, doing that. But there are set routes that the drone has to go in order to then get to their lines. So it's not a straight line. It's maybe like a, a circular or helical pattern or something. Yeah. Like and you can then write, we're going to stage guys here, 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 and here, and he's got to get past us. So we've got a higher likelihood here that he'll go past this route and that, that we can catch the drone and, and so on. So from that point, um, 
It, yeah, it, exactly. And the point is, you can be really creative. So now that we started on the silly buggers thing, I'll I'll just mention mm. it. And I mean, you know, we've we've basically nailed this. You can come up with, yeah. you know, yeah. fun thing after this. But I'm sure you would watch this, right? You might not want to do it yourself, but just hear me out. You um, mm. you, you you as uh, as your team, you nominate one person. That person gets put on the merry-go-round. My team gets to spin that person up as fast as we can get them to go. The merry-go-round then stops abruptly. That person gets off the spinning merry-go-round and now has to go and catch this drone where is the drone weaving or am I weaving, etc. And the point is, you know that that is going to be so damn funny to watch, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Have someone to help make sure he doesn't run into a tree or something like that or run into a tree. Even yeah. better. <laughs> Five points if you hit the tree. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, yeah, no. So the, the points associated if you happen to hurt yourself, trips to the hospital mean you automatically win. All um, right, so let's let's just run through because if this was a design report, we'd need to talk. How did we end up with this idea? And it started off with something which was not related to our education, which happens somewhere: roads, outdoor park, home garden. Parks seem to be the. I mean, there are parks all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Quite nice. Uh, some parks have got a big jungle gym, small jungle gyms, but basically every place in South Africa has got something where you could go and do do something like this. And then we thought of um, competitive, uh, a competitive nature. It started out life as a frisbee, ultimate frisbee with dodgeball rules. Um, it turned out the whole how to how to hit the other team was more problematic than the launch, but the launch became rapidly complex. And it was the fact that you said, "What if the frisbee was controllable in flight?" Yeah. Ah, why don't we just use things which already exist, which, you know, out of a circle of friends, you might have, you might only have one, you might have a friend of a friend who has one, but the point mm-hmm. is they are, um, you know, a lot cheaper than they used to be. And, yeah. and most people will know somebody who's, who's got one, um, where instead of using it for what it was intended for, you know, aerial photography or whatever, you can now use it for something that is literally catch the paper ribbon or, you mm. know, hang a flippant birthday card on a piece of fishing line or something from it. And now you've got to go and, and catch it. And then this, to set the scene was to um, effectively play silly buggers or do um, kids events in reverse or, or throw a little bit of a spin. Like, oh, what if you, um, what if you try and match the centrifugal force of the swing with trying to catch a drone that's moving in a straight line left and right, you know, how do you, how do you match motion to be at the right sort of thing? Um, which is, ed- which is educational and that's why it's fun, but it's not, you know, you don't have to sit and derive the equations, um, before you do it. I think the other important thing to understand is that when reporting something like this, the whole avenue that went down for um, the launcher system, it would be toned down significantly in the report because effectively it ended up being a dead end. Um, yeah. So it, it would be you, you draw up your list of sort of initial types of activities where maybe you'd, you'd word it in the idea in terms of a um, stationary launching system or you know multiple team, um, and, and then. In hindsight, we now know what its issues are, so we, we use that evaluation to try and indicate that we we took a long way around to get there, but in hindsight, now we can communicate a lot quicker and get, get to that point. Um, it's one of the things that I see in a case of issues is that students think, and you, you report the entire length of this whole launch system, and you talk about how it's going to be launched and how it's held and how the teams work um, and some extra calculations. 
to which the thing that ended up not having it work was actually way back then if you actually just stopped there. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to always necessarily – yeah, you did the work. Yes, you technically – you could almost view it at lost time because you you, you turned around. Um, but it's almost more detrimental to a report to actually go and communicate that dead end first. Um Use the hindsight you've learned. Use it to create a nice list of criteria for what you're actually looking for uh, that you've learned yourself, but you don't do it in the sense of, I made a mistake. Correct. It's a pity we don't get to do a class outing because I would look forward to watching your third year mechs running around while you flew a drone. <laughs> it would be flying at them. <laughs> look, I'd, I'd have to do a weapons inspection on it beforehand. <laughs> no, we're not using potato, a, 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 a potato gun on, on, on students <laughs> or a pop gun. It's a jet engine type of thing to get and rockets and everything to get. And have mines that will cluster bombs that will drop as you go. Um, and rockets filled with itchy powder. Exactly. If you've got your own ideas, um, obviously, please feel free to share those. It would be great to hear about that. Otherwise, if you've got any questions, queries, any suggestions for any topics that we can deal with ourselves, let us know at toastingdesign.gmail.com. Otherwise, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>